Welcome back to the Ultimate Fan Fix podcast in association with Ultimate Fan, the next level fantasy football game. Please note that general terms and game rules apply, 18 plus only. My name is Reese Charlton, also known as UF Reese, and I am the host of the Ultimate Fan Fix, which aims to help the UF community create their best possible lineups ahead of each game week. Now, we said we were going to do a little bit of a UF special today, and that's exactly what we're doing right now. I have got UF Max in the studio with me, the king of the Discord server. How are we doing, Max? You all good? I'm good, cheers. Glad to be back. <laughs> so we'll dive straight into it. So I'll just read out the game week 13 team of the week as we normally do on a Tuesday so first up in defence we had Kurt Zuma with 12 points and Timothy Castagna with 9 we had Jorginho in midfield who picked up 12 points as well as Harvey Barnes who picked up 11 uh, up front was Erling Haaland he had 18 points in the flex spot was Danny Ings he had 18 points and the team card was Leicester they had 17 points if you put your captain's armband on Erling Haaland and the golden boot on Danny Ings you would have got 36 points and 32 points there, respectively. And the highest overall total you could have got was 129 points. So we'll start with game week 13, Max. Was there, was there any takeaways there that you thought are worth noting down for the next couple of weeks? Or Putting, putting your golden boot on Danny Ings feels <laughs> like we've gone, we've gone back to 2017 or something. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I think probably for one of the first game weeks in a long time there's no um, there's no Arsenal player in there mm-hmm. and that's because I think when I was here two weeks ago two weeks ago um, I thought they'd get I didn't think they'd beat Leeds and they were very lucky to beat Leeds mm-hmm. and then this weekend against Southampton they didn't have the game in the week obviously and then this weekend against Southampton um, Southampton weren't very good and Arsenal just didn't get the job done um and I think that feels um I'm not saying we've seen the end of Martinelli, Jesus, Saka banging in twenty two points every week, mm-hmm. but I think the that run of points where sometimes they were getting more than twenty points is gonna be a little more infrequent now. And mm-hmm. I've I've been expecting it for a couple of weeks and that feels about Right. Um, they do have Forest coming up, so may- <laughs> maybe maybe curb these thoughts for another week. But yeah, that that was. Um, uh, whenever I'm looking at, at game weeks, I always look at the, the top of the table, see uh, the big player scoring, and mm-hmm. didn't quite do it. Um, yeah. Well, you say that about Forest. They they put up quite a good performance this week. I mean, against against the curve, they were the least selected team card this week. Only 42 players in the whole game had them in the team. They, they went and delivered the second highest score of the week with team cards. They picked up 16 points. Even though they only scored once, they kept a clean sheet, they got the win. So that's nine points there. Nine points? Yep. Yeah, nine points. And then the rest all came from save. They had seven saves. So that bumped them up to 16 points. So Dean Henderson was on fire once again. He's playing very well. He's it, playing like a it, man who wants to be on that plane. <laughs> it is one one thing with Dean Henderson is that you are guaranteed at least four saves a week with the team card of Forest. The only problem is if they concede six, that completely rules it all out anyway. But the amount of saves that he's making, if they're playing a team like, like, like say, Fulham, for example, they lose 3-2. They've still scored two goals. They haven't got the result. But if he makes five or six saves, that's not the worst situation in the world to be in compared to someone like Wolves, for example, who've conceded four, lost. I don't think they made many saves. So you're in minus points picking up a Wolves card. Mm-hmm. 
Forest, yeah, I don't know. Arsenal, you'd expect Arsenal to win that. But then again, we're saying this, we expected Liverpool to win comfortably this weekend and that didn't come anywhere near that prediction at all. Uh, are there any players that, that surprised you? I mean, personally for me, it was Danny Ings. Like, that was just, that came out of absolutely nowhere. He's shown none of that this year. It it was. Um, Danny Ings is a, is a Premier League goal scorer. Mm-hmm. And if he gets the service and he's and he's on the right day, he'll score goals at, at that level and he's proving it again. And maybe, I mean, you and I have both got a lot of Villa friends. <laughs> um, I use the word friends loosely. <laughs> That's um, a very nice way of putting it. <laughs> and they were all saying that it was square pegs, round holes up mm. with, with Gerard, And now all of a sudden, Bailey's playing down the left, things up top. Watkins was giving a bit more license uh, um, to do to do what he does well, and um, they just looked a better team. And mm-hmm. I think Dannings will score more goals this season if they carry on playing that way. Uh, it was it's a surprise now. It wouldn't surprise me if in a few weeks' time we're saying, "Oh, Dannings can score goals again." That's mm-hmm. that's nice as long as he's, he stays fit. I guess that's the problem with. with, with I think Ings. that is the issue with Ings. He's always had a run of injuries that just seems it just seems to be dead unlucky sometimes when with the injuries that he picks up. Yeah, the Villa as a whole was just a surprise for me. You look at some of the assets now, do you think they're worth picking up at the moment? Or do you think I I, I will read out their next five <laughs> fixtures which I think might you might go oh yeah, definitely leave them. Cuz their fi- their next five fixtures are not ideal. Even even so the three running up to the World Cup and the two after the World Cup are not ideal. They've got Newcastle, Man United and Brighton before the World Cup break, and then they come back and they've got Liverpool Tottenham in four days. Uh, I guess the, the the saving glory around that will be that a lot of the t- a lot of the players um, you'd expect Spurs's World Cup players to be going deeper and playing mm-hmm. more than Villa's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, Watkins isn't going to be starting up front for England. No, um, Danny Ings won't be going. However good he is in the next three <laughs> weeks, it's that, that yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Leon Bailey's Jamaican, and yeah, I'm yeah. fairly sure they're not going. Yeah. So <laughs> your front three already should be fit, uh, or at least not tired. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So so maybe I was having a look at the market. 60, 65 coins is currently the base for Ings. I think Watkins was about seventy-five. Um, I I think there might be a couple of fixtures in there you'd want them, but mm-hmm. you, you're right. There's, there's, there's clearly better players. Um, I a couple that surprised me from this week. Um, I, I'm not sure he surprised me anymore. Miguel Almiron, what a wonderful footballer! What a nice player to watch, <laughs> especially after the Jack Grealish comments. It's just mm-hmm. oh, a no, joy to I, see I him score. <laughs> he definitely has got that plastered up on his bedroom wall. That comment is. It gets up, looks at it every morning, and it gets him motivated. You just know he's. He's living off that comment at the moment. He's Absolutely. loving it. <laughs> he looks like, and he looks so happy now. He looks so disgruntled mm-hmm. and upset in the past couple of seasons that he's mm-hmm. not proven the potential that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see him, you saw that goal. You saw, how, you see how involved he is. He's smiling. He's enjoying it. He's like the little kid from the <laughs> film with new Newca- goal, is it? <laughs> Santiago Munez. He's like, he's like that. It's just wonderful. Um, <laughs> And Andreas Pereira just keeps. Um, how long can someone keep surprising you? He's such a great fancy asset, mm-hmm. UF and 
and all fantasy games is so undervalued that mm-hmm. people think oh, he's playing for Fulham. He he was cast off by United. Is he is he that good? I think he's now shown us that he is good enough to be playing mid-table Premier League every week mm-hmm. and banging in points. A uh, couple of assists this week, and he just watching the highlights. He's he's involved in everything. He's taking all their set pieces. Mm-hmm. He's he's clearly created a great relationship with with Mitrovic. Um, uh, yeah, continues to another one that I'm really enjoying watching. Yeah, I mean, he, he was quite good this week. He picked up 10 points, I think. So, yeah, he's quite easily uh, a points grabber. The one that, uh, that grabbed my attention this week, and he is in the team of the week, was, was Timothy Castagna of, of Leicester. Just, I looked through a little bit more on him and some of his stats. Some of the runs he was making down that wing, is, is he's up and down that wing all game. And he's just such a, for, for, for a defender in the game, anyway, such a dangerous threat up front for, 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 a, for a wing back that... I found a stat that he's had the most shots by a defender in the six yard box this season. <laughs> how many goals? He hasn't scored, has he? he? Hasn't scored, how, what, how, is he <laughs> how many is he taking? <laughs> if it's anything more than like two, it's, then his XG must yeah. be mental. <laughs> it, it's it's free. It just it, just to clarify, it's free. But he's the only defender to have that many shots in the, in the six yard box this year in the Premier League. I have him in other fancy teams mm. and I have watched him closely when I've watched Leicester games and he does feel like he's playing right wing mm-hmm. and you have to remember that Leicester are playing four at the back, not five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, they seem to have changed their formation so that um, that Sumer now sits in, so they've got almost three at the back. Then Dewsbury Hall and Tielemans do sort of a push and pull thing and then that allows Justin and Castagna to go mm-hmm. but the difference between Justin and Castagna is Justin seems to remember that he has defensive <laughs> duties and Castagna's just all in like <laughs> a ball comes into the box and he's throwing his head at it um, so as a fantasy asset he, he's got to be one that people are looking to pick up mm-hmm. I, I definitely I, I think just looking at some of the stats behind him he's definitely worth a punt in your team especially with the, the, the amount of points that defenders score on average. We've seen some weeks in recent times that have seen eight points for a defender card to get in the team of the week. So mm. he, he'd only have to find a net once and he'd probably be one of the best scoring defenders of the week, full stop. So, yeah, Timothy Castagna is on my watch list. I put Matty Cash down as well. He picked up six points this week as well. So he goes clean sheet points. I believe it was a shot on target and a tackle. I would have to check that. Um, but he's not been... A bad player. I've, I put him in the, the marketplace watchers about four weeks ago. He's still the same price as he was four weeks ago. But now that Villa have got you, Nye Emery in, he's likely to... You'd think they'd be a little bit more tighter at the back, play a bit better football. Maybe he'll be involved a little bit more. I, I don't know. It's just one of them with, with time with, with Villa. You just really don't know where it's going. God, it, it hurts me to say. I've said it a lot last 18 months. I like their squad. I don't like them. Let's make that abundantly yeah. clear. <laughs> so I like, do not uh, like them. I don't uh, want some soundbite coming out in years to come. Oh no, I'm, sa- I'm saving this. It's gonna, I'm going to hold that. That's going to be in my uh, my notepad for time to come. Now, I like, I like their squad. They've got a lot of nice. They've got they've got a lot of good footballers um, who are clearly up to the level mm-hmm. and also fancy assets. When when it was Cash and Dean, I, d- I don't know how Luca Dean's doing with his injury, but. I'm sure at some point when he's fit, he, he takes the position back from Ashley Young. Um, but wing-backs that are ideal, they've got centre-backs that score from corners, they've got midfielders that are desperate to get involved and take mm. long shots, and they've got wingers and strikers who get 
get involved in in the in the goals and assists. So um, there's there's points to be had all over the pitch with Villa, and I, I'm not. I, the jury's always been a bit out for me with Unai Emery. I think his Arsenal time, yeah. I, I think I'd, it was very harsh the time that he got at Arsenal, especially with the start that he had. And then because it went from one, I don't. I, it wasn't one extreme to the other, but there was there was a definite significant drop off. But I feel he wasn't given. Like if it, if he was Arteta, which do you think they didn't let Arteta go after that? Yeah, Arteta was clearly given the time because they bought they 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 wanted him based on the the pep appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, after watching all or nothing, it looks like they got pep mark two anyway. Yeah. Um, so uh, you can see maybe why he was given the time and Emery was a bit, I don't know, it, it was, Arteta's football seems a bit more inspiring than Emery's and I think, um, I do think you're right, I think he'll make Villa a bit more solid at the back and players like Cash um, will, will will score points that mm-hmm. way. I, I don't know whether they've Villa have just been maybe ambitious with the managerial signing and actually that isn't what they needed but then maybe they're coming off the back of having good strong English manager and they thought let's try something a bit more continental mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't know it, clearly the brains in that operation was that uh, Mick Beale who's oh yeah, yeah, with QPR yeah you can see that straight away the fact that he's took that QPR team with free loans and signings he's not spent any money and they're effectively punching for the title at the moment I know it's very early days but to be up there already yeah it's definitely very clear yeah. that he was the guy that was running everything just you just needed a figurehead, and Steven Gerrard was the man that, that stepped in. So, yeah, right. UCL five that starts tonight. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of an interesting contest because there's a couple of obviously arguments you could bring up. First up, which which players are you keeping an eye on? Or is, is there any players that have? I mean, the two to watch tonight. PSG. Oh, I can't remember so tonight. The two to watch for UCL five. PSG and Inter. Mm-hmm. Um, both home, Maccabee Haifa and Victoria Pulls, and uh, respectively. Um, I think if you can get your hands on those cards, they're the ones who you're going to see winning the cash this week. Yeah, um, yeah. I think there's, there's only like three Messi's, five Mbappe, or three Mbappe's, <laughs> five uh, Neymar's or whatever. I, I mean, there's very few of you out there who can get hold of one, but if you had one, I'd be playing them and captaining them, golden booing them. I think they could... They could both of those. They could run a mockery. Into you got a bit more free reign if you got the coins to get to a. Oh god, I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Hakan Kalhanoglu. Yeah, Kalhanoglu. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. him <laughs> and um, or Lautaro Martinez. Yeah, he's um, he's on my list this week. Martinez. The, those are the those are the big guns. Um, my picks, obviously not them because I don't have them. <laughs> I don't have the coins to get to them. But the ones on what the two games I'm watching. I usually when whenever I'm looking at game weeks from a working for UF perspective, not a playing UF perspective, mm-hmm. is I'm always looking at the game weeks to see who is um, where are the points com- where are the big points coming from, mm-hmm. and the two games that m- my eyes will be drawn to while I'm watching the the various whichever games I choose to watch uh, over the next couple of nights will be will be PSG and Inter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can't argue with that. Inter Inter was the team that's that was on my list. Just you look at the basis of. Will they go all out for it? Yes, mm-hmm. because if they win it, yep. Barca could effectively be gone. Or are they gone? Yeah, you're making the points that I actually wrote down to make and <laughs> forgot to make because I got so <laughs> sidetracked. But yes, if Inter win and Bayern win against... So Bayern are playing Barca. If Bayern mm-hmm. beat Barca and Inter win, 
that sorted. It's done. done. Yeah. Um, which which will probably be very likely. And they're in big trouble if Inter don't win and buy and Barca beat Bayern uh-huh. because then Inter would need to get a result at Bayern on the last. Yeah. And no, that, that I, isn't I, a position I, you want to put yourself in. I mean, you look at you look at Victoria Pleasant's record. I think they've only. I think they've scored. They've scored four goals in four games. Which, in fairness to them, against the teams they're playing, that's not bad going. But they've conceded sixteen goals. So that's so they've they've effectively lost every game four one. <laughs> you, you'd kind of expect Inter to to do something here. Inter did, did did keep them out. That was the one thing Inter did do. They actually kept them out. They kept a clean sheet against them in the reverse leg. I think it was two 0 I think Inter won. So Inter at home. I think Latero Martinez is 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 a is a must start if he gets the nod today. He's been I think ten goal ten goal contributions in fifteen games this year for for Inter. So he goes straight in the team for me. I think he'll find the net. I think Pleasant a, a, a too weak of a team and a bit of a basement boys and mm-hmm. you'd expect the goals to go there. Um, Mart- Martinez was my best pick as a player. Who who, who was your best pick? Uh, so I differential king. I'm not I'm not all about going out and trying to spend 10,000 coins on a player. Mm-hmm. Um, the player I want and the player I've got, uh, I picked him up for 140 coins, I think, earlier. Uh, Kyogo Furuhashi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he will come back into his bench at the weekend. It seems like they're managing his minutes maybe after the injury. I mean, I, I've seen the limited football I've seen from Celtic this season. He is, he's, he's very good mm-hmm. um, and he will get, a move somewhere at some point as well. He will, um, it just depends how long and Postacoglu, I think can keep him. Um, And I think at home to Shakhtar, they need a result if they stand any chance of getting that, uh, staying in Europe, not just staying in the Champions League, but going into the Europa League. Mm -hmm. Um, So he starts and I think Celtic make, um, make that game a bit of a, a, a bit of a problem for Shakhtar mm-hmm. and I, I think they, they they do win it quite comfortably and if they do he's the one scoring goals so that's where the, he's currently in my team with my golden boot and you could pick him up for about 140 150 coins yeah I think that's fair the, the one thing that, that worries me in the next couple of weeks is we could see some potential player roulette in in the, the group stage the one the one team that is standing out to me at the moment is Napoli if you look at their team sheets from, from Serie A, they switch so much. And I think this week, they play Rangers. Is it, it's Rangers this week for Napoli, I Rangers think. at home, yeah. Yeah, you, you'd kind of expect that Rangers are, are not going... If they beat somehow beat Ajax to that last spot, there's something, you know, especially with the two games they've got left. If they somehow manage to get over Ajax and get that last spot, with how many goals they've conceded, with their re- with some of the games they've played, I'd be absolutely gobsmacked if they do it. You'd kind of think that Napoli will go, we could probably rest a few here. You probably won't see Zielinski get any more than a half. I think there are concerns there that if you start a Napoli asset, while they are playing Rangers, yes, and they probably will find a net, there is a concern that you're not going to get a full game out of them. Especially, I think Bayern are the same as well, even though they're, they're top of their group. 12 points. Bayern will play their team tonight. I don't think they play week. I think they could put a weakened team out for game week six. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, that group gets very... The con- the connotations around that group can get very messy mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. Pilsen pick up a big result or Barca pick up a re- But yeah. I do think Bayern get the job done still. Um, but I'm totally with you. I, I, I looked at... Uh, 
Bayern's one of the teams that they won't play a strong team both games. Mm-hmm. Napoli, I think we'll see Zielinski rested. I think you look at some of the um, some of the assets they've got, and you think, oh, I just I wouldn't be playing them with confidence. Yeah. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe one that, one something that I think fancy players always fail to uh, uh, or always underestimate is how often players will play when a team's in good form. Napoli are top of, the, top of Serie A. They're playing really well. Mm. Um, the, the coach will be quite happy to burn his players out into the World Cup to then send them away for six weeks and then come back. I get... I, I, I'm, I am of the mindset that they will get rested because everyone's having to play three days. It, it seems... Honestly, there's been so much football going on. They are getting... They are playing once every four days it feels like on average or mm-hmm. three three days and um, you do have to expect that rotation but I just wouldn't be surprised if some of these managers dead end their players into ensuring that they're at the, uh, at the highest point and the only ones I do see getting rested are the ones who have qualified because then they can rest them for their for the league game so Napoli Real Madrid um, if they get I, mean, they, I don't think they'll need to play them both. And, and Man City, we saw mm. it with Harlan mm. last time they played Alvarez. Would it? Would you be surprised to see Alvarez start again? No, not no, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not this week. Definitely next week. Oh I, yeah, I think next week. I think that. I think they'll beat Dortmund, and then yeah, next week you'll see a, a half-rested team. Scott Carson up front. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> right, we'll move on to game week fourteen. We'll just keep this one quick because it's still. Mm-hmm. A, a fair distance away. We don't know if anybody's going to be ruled out with injuries or not. So, best selection? Uh, Darwin Nunes, I think, for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he comes back from injury. Whether he starts tonight, I think he might not start. Come on. And then he'll start against um, Leeds. Leeds at home. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be another game. Leeds aren't playing that well. I think it could be another game where he, um, where Liverpool run riot at home off the back of a bit of an embarrassment last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's. I can't. I can't argue with that. I, Nunes has been one of those players that have flown so under the radar in recent weeks. I mean, you were quite surprised that I mentioned <laughs> that uh, three out of the last four contests before this weekend, he'd, he'd hit double digits in. So he's definitely a player that's flown under the radar. He's a player I've been keeping an eye on, and I wouldn't be surprised to see his price shoot up if he scores again in in the week and, and on the weekend. Uh, mine's just Harry Kane. It's just simple as that. He, he, playing, I think it's Bournemouth this week. Yeah. You'd expect two goals there. It's just simple as oh, I think Harry Kane absolutely belts some against Bournemouth. While I don't think Bournemouth are playing badly at all, and Tottenham aren't playing great either, I just think Harry Kane too much against a, a, a defence that, while they're doing their best, it, it is pretty makeshift at the best of times. So I think Harry Kane is probably my selection there. Your non-gold gem? Uh, uh, one I mentioned earlier, just a quick shout out, Andreas Pereira, mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. to Everton. I think, again, he will get... He's due on the score sheet at some point, as well as providing assists. He's putting things on play. But um, my non-goal gem is is my man Eze for Palace. <laughs> I like, I really like him. Last time I captained him, he got me eleven points. He scored two weeks ago. Um, if you can't get to Sahar, and I'd want a Palace player against Southampton at home, if you can't get to Sahar, Eze's your next best. Mm-hmm. Even that Elise is playing really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but though the way they move forward, you can never you can never be sure if. Edward, Mateta, whatever might be going on up front. They could even play Zahar or Ayu. Or, um, but you can be sure at the moment that Eze, Zahar and Elise are just going to fly at Southampton. And mm-hmm. I think between the three of them, they'll pick up 
some goals and assists. Yeah, Eze was was on my list. He's on the short list, but he wasn't the pick I went for in the end. I I, I think that Everton Fulham game you pointed out, I can see goals galore. I could I that could easily be three three. I, I reckon so. I, I've just put a. It's a bit of a shot in the dark. He hasn't really delivered much in terms of assists or goals this year. But I think Damari Gray might be in for a good game. Fulham just seem to to, to concede. As much as they are scoring, they, there are a lot of games where you look and you see Fulham involved in a 3-2, a 3-3. just seem to concede goals. I think Everton, while they've got like, you've got like Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you've got Gray and Gray has been tasked with whipping those balls in the box because if you just get, get get the ball to Calvert-Lewin within that 12, 12 yard area in front of goal, he, he'll get his head or his foot to it and put it in. That's just what he's good at doing. I think like, Lampard knows how to get the best out of Calvert-Lewin. Just get the wingers to whack the ball in the box and, and leave the rest of DCL. So, Did you see any of the highlights from Everton's brazil I, I did. I did see the Iwobi goal. Oh, my word. Iwobi, is, is, <laughs> he's, he's become his uncle. It is fantastic. He <laughs> is so good. And um, I, I, I can't remember what I was listening to, but um, someone was talking before this game about last two weeks or so Obi's been playing with confidence mm-hmm. he looks good mm-hmm. um, and that flick yeah, to yeah. McNeil yeah, just, he, <laughs> that is audacious now he probably doesn't do it if they're not 2-0 up mm-hmm. I get that yeah but if he's done it what he's the type of player he'll keep doing it yeah turns out he's actually really good <laughs> unfortunately he's a forward on UF mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's not the most ideal if he was a midfielder he'd be an absolute nail on start and with some of the midfielder points but yeah I, I do like Alex Awobi and he has really stepped up He's the, the opinion on Everton's fans opinion in the last two months three months have completely shifted he mm. was he was so disliked last year because he was like, it just seems to have completely switched absolutely loving the way he plays that flick was just was, was JJ Okachi-esque slime I, I still find it crazy I did I only found this out the other week that he's He's JJ Okutcher's nephew. He's channeling it. And he's just, yeah, it was just so like, oh, it's great. It was such a good, good fit. Oh, the only the only problem with that whole goal was I had McNeil on my bench in FPL and that nearly made me cry. So never mind. We move. <laughs> Player to avoid. Um, the Newcastle lot. And as much as I mm. spoke earlier about Almiron, I think we don't know what we're going to get from Villa now. Uh, as good as Newcastle looked, and I pe- think people will jump on the Newcastle bandwagon, is Newcastle and Villa hate each other. Nearly as much as I hate Villa, <laughs> they seem to. And it was all around that relegation, wasn't it, in 2011 yeah. or whatever. So um, that would be a horrible, feisty game where Emery's first game won't want to concede many, will be happy to shut up shop. I think um, I'd be steering clear of the Newcastle lot, your Almirons, um, your Wilsons, um, and the other one is, I don't think Haaland's going to score at the weekend. I feel like it's like a yes-no question mm. each week. Will Haaland <laughs> score? The default is yes. And if you're brave enough, you can say no. I do think City will beat Leicester. I just don't think Haaland's going to be the one to score the goal. I think it'll be sort of 1-2-0, maybe yep. 2-1, and the goals are going to come off the wing. Yep, and that's exactly why I've wrote Man City assets on my oh. <laughs> I've wrote. I just literally wrote Man City assets. I just... I know Leicester have been bad at this time in, in times this year, but they've just looked... It's just been a complete overhaul in the last three weeks. I don't know what has happened, but I know they only played Wolves on the weekend. Wolves have been disappointed, but I think they have been quite 
they were quite. It was quite a dominant performance. Less Wolves just didn't look for, up for it at all. We, they were shooting from long range. I kind of touched on it earlier about Leicester's changing formation, uh, changing formation, or the personnel mm. and how they're, they're doing it. And as a result, I think they only had four shots and scored all of them. Um, but the shots were all like the tappings and mm. good. Uh, well, no, to be fair, Madison's was a really good finish, but like. A lot of them, they work down the wing, swept it in, pass it into the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Harvey Barnes is doing it wonderfully. Yep. I, I think he'll be there at the World Cup. Yep, I agree. Um, and uh, I can see why I get, they just they look better and they were forcing Wolves to shoot from from points that they probably didn't want to. And whilst they rack up a nice XG over, they, they had something <laughs> like 20 shots <laughs> and didn't score. And you, usually people go, oh, they peppered them. Well, actually... Didn't score. Yeah, and Danny Ward had a hell of a game in the goal as well. He played really well. Um, he's put those doubters up to, to bed. Basically, he didn't need look good in goals, so I, I can't argue with that. I mean, my, my prediction was nice while it lasted, but Leicester are not going down this year now. After that, so oh, it was yeah. it was nice while it lasted. The fact the fact that it got to game week thirteen, I'm quite impressed that it lasts that long. So. They should be fine now. I, I think. I think. Wait until they finish seventh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be a hell of a comeback if they do. In, in all fairness to them, uh, my, yeah, mine is Man City assets. I just think, yeah, I, I'm not sure on Man City this week. I think after they, they, I won't say Brighton were great, but they just seemed like City just didn't look the team that they did before they played Liverpool. Just didn't look right. So I'm quite happy to to take a to take a chance on avoiding Man City assets this week. Right, I'm going to end the episode a little bit differently here. So you've probably noticed on your script at the bottom. So we did talk about this on the giveaway, but you were like, it, it, it's a story for another time because I know it still enrages you because I can see from your face it's like it's not legal. <laughs> <laughs> so I I, I want to know your best slash worst fantasy football story. I haven't got any like yours, so <laughs> I'm going to, I will, I mean, my, my proudest or probably best story is last year's Euros, I came 29th on the official, um, and that is, that's always something. For me, playing fantasy is, um, it's not about winning mate, winning money off your mates, it's not about, uh, it's not about picking the right player week by week, it's about at the end of the season being able to go, I was number one in the entire world. I know that there's someone who plays UF who is number one because he's in the Discord channel. Mm-hmm. He was number one in FPL one year. That is, that's what I play for. So my proudest moment was always, uh, well, so far is 29th in the Euros and hopefully I can go one or 28 places better when the World Cup comes around because I love that short form, um, short form fantasy football. Uh, but I'm going to hand it over to you because <laughs> your story is both good and a disgrace. So <laughs> I've got two. You, 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 there's two of them. They've happened in the last two years as well, which is just like ridiculous. I'll start with the one that you're not talking about. So the first one was the end of last season. Uh, I'm in a bit of a mini league with a couple of my uni mates and it, it's quite competitive. Like There's people that really message about it and go, you're not, not going to do this this week. You're not going to do that week. Honestly, it's back and forth, 38 game weeks for the whole year. So I, it came to the last week and I was 49 points off the top in the mini league. I was like, I ain't going to win this. It's going to take a miracle to do it. I picked up 94 points on the final day. And this is what makes it even more funnier. Odegaard scored late, Salah scored late, and Robertson scored late. It got my score to 94 points with the bonus points as well. That got it to 94 points. So the bonus points were brought in. I won the title by a single point. I was fourth on the day. So there was there was three people above me. 
And between them, they got 44, 53, and 63. I picked up 94 points and won the, list, won the title by a single point. I have never seen rage ever like it in the does, group it chat. It does feel undeserving. <laughs> I, I had been so, like the first, I'll be honest, I wasn't paying attention the first 10 weeks of the season. I put a team in and just left it. Then when I saw how competitive this was, I was like, right, I'm going to go back into it. And I slowly climbed my way back up. I was about 125 points up at one point and just slowly clawed the total back until the last week where I won the top by point. And I won the cup as well on the final day. So I took the double. They were not happy. You're not playing it right. It's about being <laughs> It's about being involved all the way through. I mean, if you want to bring up the current uh, ultimate fan FBL league, you'll see I'm about 90 points clear of everyone else. So that's how you play it. You play it strategically week by week and leaving it for 10 weeks. <sighs> Can't believe we're colleagues. Right. And then... The one that the story that you were going on about, I, I, I've, I've actually spoke to a couple of people. It's mixed feelings. Some people saying it's genius. Some people saying cheating. You're, you're, yeah, you're cheating. Yeah, yeah. Others are saying <laughs> you're an utter dickhead. But <laughs> so, <laughs> basically, it was I want to say 2021, 2021 season. Yeah, that was the season Leeds came into the Premier League, wasn't it? So. Um, in my old workplace, we were in like uh, an FPL draft. So obviously every player only can have one player and that's it. You only pick that player and that is your keep. If you want to get rid of them, you drop them onto a waiver wire, then you can pick them up and this, that and the other. So I had um, my strikers, I had two of them out injured, um, but I really didn't want to get rid of one. One of them was Richarlison. He was, oh, I believe he was suspended actually. He got suspended for a couple of games. Um, and there was a lad, there was a, there was a Danish lad, his name was Jeppe, he's a really nice guy. Um, I was talking to him and he was like, I really want, I really want um, William off you. I really want William. And I wasn't willing to let William go because I had him for the first week against Fulham. He picked up quite a few points and I was like, look, I'll only, I'll, I'll, crack, I'll, I'll make you a deal. I don't want to put Richarlison on the waiver wire because he will go. He was like, right. I was like, if you give me Bamford for one week and hold Richarlison for me, I will give you William for whoever you want to give to me. So he looked on his thing. He wanted to get rid of Pogba. Pogba was not doing a single thing. So he went, add Pogba. So I was like, uh, okay, all right, I'll take Pogba. I dropped him within two weeks. So I swapped Richarlison for Pogba, uh, Richarlison for Bamford. So he gave me Bamford um, for one week. So I had to give him back at the end of the week. Funnily enough, it came the one week where they played Villa. He banged a hat trick. Great game. And I beat the guy that was I was playing against by three points. The kickoff. Because <laughs> you can't loan players. It was never it, right. So we had a set of rules. It was never written in the rules. Because it's understood that no one loans another player a player. But yeah, so I won my week by three points. The guy, like, I've, I still talk to Darren now, but he, he would not talk to me for about a week. He was absolutely distraught. Anyway, I can't believe you beat me like that. Just because it's the one game I was looking forward to all year. He was bigging it up. It was like, it's a derby. It's a derby. I'm going to beat her. And I came out with that and got Bamford. I did give him back. He, gave, he stuck to his word. He gave me Richarlison back because he could have just gone... I want to keep Richarlison now. And then I really would have been in a pickle. But he gave me Bamford for one week. And to be fair, when he asked me for a trade, because I said, I'll do you a favour. If you want a trade in future, ask me and I'll, I'll, I'll take it. And I did give him a fair balanced trade later on down the line. Not balanced, it was more sided towards him. I think I gave him like... Um, I gave him... I can't remember collusion. I gave him, but... 
Yeah, I gave him a decent striker. He survived relegation. I'm well. The karma came back and bit me. I missed out on promotion by 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 a, by a loss. I lost the final day and missed out on promotion. If this happened in one of the leagues that I administer, I'd be shutting you two out. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right, that story has caused quite divide. It's quite funny, actually. I didn't realise it would go down as bad as that. But leave your thoughts in the comments, people. <laughs> Right, that's it for today's episode of The Ultimate Fan Fix. We'll be back tomorrow with the non-gold gens. Thanks for joining us, Max. We'll uh, probably get you on again in a, a couple of weeks. Cheers. Right, we'll speak to you soon, guys.